Welcome in the house of fun. Welcome in the house of fun. We are, well, okay. Welcome to episode 74 of Don't Shoot the Gingers. Jesus, dude, that's why. Uh, I am your co-host, Greg Larson. And I am your co-host, John Giles, a.k.a. co-host of the number 55 stand-up podcast in America. This is um, uh, Brian in post-production. Can you insert, like, laser noises? Brian. Dude, uh, Brian I, in my mind, Brian is a producer. He's our I, producer. I like the concept of us having an imaginary producer. I think that's right. Um, but that might be this. Okay, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about that some. The fact that we are legit... Okay, I'm just going to peel back the curtain real quick for everybody. It's episode number 74. We've actually done 19 episodes, <laughs> but 74 is just the title of the episode. What a reveal. <laughs> but still, 19 episodes is a lot. It's kind of surprising to think about that. Um, but the number 55 top stand-up podcast on Apple is pretty significant and really um surprising and like kind of makes me think we should start trying you know what I mean? <laughs> we haven't actually like brought in a, a legitimate uh marketing plan or anything like that i've done like talks with other podcasts to do promo swaps but we've never actually done one because no one's ever fulfilled and send me a promo swap of their podcast so like, we've recorded them and we're ready to send out but no one has actually sent back i think they'd take one listen and they're like what do we need to be involved with them yeah, I did that one guest spot with Yoel on his Hangouts podcast. That was sure. pretty fun. <clears throat> but so now we're at the point, I mean, half, I'm half joking, but I'm half serious too. Like you've mentioned before about doing like a website and all this kind of stuff. We have to start thinking about if we, if we're at number 55 and like stand-up podcasts is probably the most saturated genre of podcasts right now. Ribbit, ribbit. Um, Can we start a new podcast that's strictly rating ponds and creeks and rivers? Dude, that's some G shit that I'd do. A podcast. <laughs> that is exactly what you used to, you used to rate water fountains. I'm coming back to it, dude. I'm getting back into it, baby. Um, but okay, so number fifty-five podcast with in the most saturated genre in podcasting, we're number fifty-five. <laughs> and so, like, that includes like Joe Rogan and like I don't even know any of the others. Mark Norman and these people. And we haven't really tried hardly at all. Like, if we actually tried, what am I trying to say? The the fact of you trying to get the same, trying to get John the same ratio of of followers to following as mm -hmm. Ariana Grande, that's mm -hmm. a, we're going to get there. <clears throat> but that's going to take us. Yeah. Right now, I'm at 40 followers. I'm following four people. So 10 to 1 ratio. I need to be 540,000 to 1. Okay, so that's going to take some time. Having okay. said that, this number 55 getting up into, say, like the top 25, it seems realistic, dude. Like It it's seems within... reasonable. <laughs> now, I, I do – well, I used to get the emails that said what our status was. And for like two, three, four, five weeks, it was like number 210, number 196, number 200, where it was just like clearly only 200 people had podcasts. Like uh, there were only 200 active stand-up podcasts. And then – I didn't check that email for a while, for a while, just because I was like, it's always the same number, roughly within you know twenty numbers of each other. And then I checked it and it said fifty five, and then the week prior it was like seventy two. So I was like, dude, rapid incline right now, like we are shooting to the moon. Um, 
I think just creating consistent content is like top that puts us in the top 200, yeah. right? Well, I do think a lot of people create a podcast and then get we're 19 episodes in. So get 10 episodes in and then they're like, "Man, I'm tired of this. I'm bored. I've, I've already done what I've achieved." Um the the key for us, I think our original goal was to have no aspirations, have yeah. no goals, shoot yes. for nothing. Yes. So we've we've exceeded our ex, our expectations far and beyond. That is very I hadn't thought about it like that because I was thinking like what has made us keep coming back each time? It's the fact that we don't know why we come back each time that makes it fascinating. <laughs> but it, it is fun. People ask, what is your podcast about? And I just kind of chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I'm not trying to box me in a corner, you asshole. <laughs> I've fallen for uh, that trick of a few too many times. But that's the thing is that if we start trying now, here's what we could start doing. Here's what I could start doing immediately is uh, I'm almost caught up with all of the uploads on YouTube. That would be a big one. But like doing the um, chopping it up into teeny one minute videos and putting them on creating an Instagram. You already do the the Twitter. Sure. uh, But creating an Instagram that I would run and – putting up shit on tiktok quite frankly yeah i honestly think if we if we just expose ourselves to a proper audience that's not just like our friends but i I will say you know what as as you as we talk i'm going to bring this up on our podcast analytics page because i want to tell you now granted with a grain of salt some of these could be vpns um but we have people listening in russia we have a significant number of people listening in taiwan how Um, many uh, hold on. Let me, let me, I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see. Uh, the analytics. I, I shared, I allowed you to share screen. So if you want to, if you want to share the screen, I'd love to see it. And so, I'm sure our viewers would love to see it too. Um, <laughs> is Taiwan the one where people are getting their eyes gouged out by the Chinese police? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. Because imagine being popular in a place where half the people are blind. Okay. So we're in Russia. This week we had 51 downloads in U.S. We had two in Germany, one in the United Kingdom, one in Russia. Boom, 10 in Taiwan. Wow. One in Colombia. Is there anything else lit up in red on this map? I think that's about it. But the 10 in Taiwan is mind-boggling. This week, 10 people in Taiwan were like, yep, that's what we want to listen to. Dude. Imagine if we just could know who the hell they were. And the thing is, like, I feel like the Germany is probably that's a VPN. Ju- no, that's Jordan Ru- Cheney. That's definitely uh, Jordan Cheney and somebody that's else. True. Russia, that might be a VPN. I don't know. I have some Russian friends. It could be my friend Elizabeth. Okay. United Kingdom, do you know anyone in the UK? That could be my buddy baseball, Brit. There you go, dude. Now, 51 people in the United States, that's probably, that's probably me listening 51 unique times. But- Barack Obama, Anthony mm-hmm. Fauci, mm-hmm. Joe Biden. The 10 in that little island right there, that is, that's what I want to know. I want to know uh, uh, who our Taiwanese listeners are. I need them to call into the show. Um, you know the phone number. Obviously, it's part of the jingle. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, okay, now that I see the map of it, uh, I'm thinking of Thailand was the place where they're fighting for their freedom from uh, or uh, Hong Kong, rather. 
Anyway, so this is an island. I know nothing about Taiwan as far as stereotypes go. But uh, I gotta... Well, ta- yeah. I, I, I want to say Taiwan is um, former China. Like, they, they are a subsidiary of China. Great. Got it. Um, so 10 people... Okay, think about it. Let's think about this for a second. 10 people were just... A friend group listens to a podcast, hypothetically, right? Even if they all actively listen to the podcast, they're not all listening to the exact same episodes all the time. So let's say there's a friend group of 10 people. That What I'm saying is this is, could be a friend group of like 30 people, okay? It, it infiltrated one of them and they say, dude, you got to listen to it. And 10 out of the 30 friends have listened to or downloaded last week's mm-hmm. episode. That's a shocking number of Taiwanese people. And and if that if that trend continues, those ten, if only one or two or three people tell their friends about it, we're gonna look at this next week and see fourteen. We're gonna see seventeen. We're gonna do twenty-five. Uh, we're gonna constantly see see, see two in Germany because Jordan Cheney is certainly not sharing our podcast <laughs> with any of his German friends. We should have him on, dude. To extend our internet. Oh, dude. Okay. Um, spoiler alert to all the people who know anything. Um, Jordan is going to come visit me so he can do a, a guest spot while he's in the room with me. Oh, nice. We don't have to use up our Zoom minutes <laughs> whenever <laughs> we have three people on. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, that's an interesting thing. So, like, I know, again, we're talking about this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but, like, us taking this seriously, I think – doing like a marketing thing and you had mentioned before like hey imagine what we can do with the website now that clubby marketing is more uh consistent and less like crazy hectic i think i could easily create a website and we could easily put up a bunch of content on there so my question is what does our website do you know is our website a funny or die a crack.com where we put up like webs like posts that we find funny from elsewhere so it's just a, a glorified twitter account is our website personal content? Is it is it writings? I think that I think it's just content that we create, and it's just a place where we house all of it in an easy to find place. Because right right now, if you search for it online or on YouTube, it's all kind of disparate. But if we have it all on the same spot, it would improve our SEO, and it would be an easy place for people to find um, stuff that we create. Uh, www.dstg.pod. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and lock that one in. Woo, child! Are are we DSTG or are we DSG? I started off with DSG, but each time you send me the audio files, it, it's DSTG, which okay. um, aesthetically I think it looks better. DSG is better to say. DSTG looks better because DSG is like some like Monsanto knockoff or something. You know, that's true. D- DSG is something you don't want in your noodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um but the the website would just be like a place to house content and a place where I don't know. We would we'd put up stuff that we find funny as well. But he, okay, here's the like philosophical question, right? By the way, are you drinking uh just a warm glass of milk? No, I'm drinking an ice cold pina colada, baby. Oh, nice. Wait, I don't have an I don't have a crushed ice maker, so it's just ice cubes in there. It's just really <laughs> syrupy pina colada. It's a lot of rum. It makes me happy. I all right. So I know you were about to say something, but go ahead. I I don't think prior to two weeks ago, I think the last time I had a pina colada was when I was on a cruise when I was 
probably 13 years old, and I got a virgin pina colada. Oh. No, no, no. It was, I got virgin strawberry daiquiris and virgin pina coladas when my sister graduated high school. We went on a cruise. So I was probably uh, 13, 14 years old. And about two weeks ago, we were at a outdoor kind of um, food vendor area where there's like 20 places that you can buy food and then one shared courtyard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got some food and then we, there was a, at the bar, there were, their special was pina coladas. It was pretty hot that day. I was like, man, that'd be pretty nice. I think I could do a pina colada. And I had it and it changed my life a little bit to the fact that I learned, you know, the little umbrellas that go in the drinks. Yes. Okay. Are they merely decorative or do they provide shade for an icy beverage so it doesn't melt as fast? When you say it out loud, it seems so obvious, but I had never in my entire life even considered that possibility. I'm looking down at the drink and I see the shade. I was like, holy shit. There's a reason for this umbrella. (laughs) This umbrella is on purpose. So I had this pina colada and it was... It was a momentary life-changing experience, Uh, a a 10-minute sip, and I immediately went on this kick. And I think since that day, two weeks ago, this is probably my 12th pina colada, (laughs) (laughs) 13th pina colada. What's the alcohol in a pina colada? Is it rum? Rum. And I got Captain Morgan's silver rum, and it was pretty prime. But I also was like mixing real chunks of pineapple in with it in the blender. Um, That was when I was at the beach last week. This is what the rum I have in the house, which is like um, something. It was like, it's like a brown rum. I don't think it's supposed to go in pina coladas. I think pina coladas are supposed to be white or silver. Um, Mm. But tastes good to me. I'm using what I already have. I don't want to go out and buy more stuff. Dude, that sounds so fucking refreshing. Coconut, pineapple and whatever brown rum I have. Dude, it is really, really tasty, and I'm very excited about it. I had, I went all out at the beach. We had pineapple garnish, big chunks of like floating pineapple in it, the little Ooh. umbrellas. Oh, yeah. Wait, what's the difference between caribou lou and a pina colada? Because caribou lou, when I think of that, you just described all the ingredients. Uh, in my mind, caribou lou was like a, a rapper from the early 2000s. Uh, Tech Nine was the rapper who popularized the drink. Oh well, Caribou Lou was the song by Tech Nine. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Caribou Lou recipe is rum, coconut, pineapple juice. Okay, they're the same. They're, See, I think a carib. What's the difference? Hold on, Caribou Lou versus Pina Colada. Is it just the fact that it's one fifty one? Oh, it could be a very. It's just a. It's a very specific. It'll get you fud up. That's all. Because all the rums that I'm using are, are significantly less than 151 proof. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, no, this says it's Malibu. Caribou is Malibu. Which, that's like it's, cheap rum. So this shit, it's just the same as a pina colada. The only difference is that Caribou rhymes, so it like works in a rap song. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's really... It's just the fact that some rapper in the early 2000s was just too insecure to say that he liked a drink called Pina Colada. And so now we have this made-up thing, Caribou Lou. So this says, on, on Pina Colada on wikipedia.org slash wiki slash Pina Colada. Hold on, uh, let me write co- that down. Okay, go ahead. The cocktail is made with rum, cream of coconut, or coconut milk, and pineapple juice. Blended. All right, and then if you scroll down, there's variations. 
And one of the variations is a caribou mm-hmm. which is, oh, it's two different rums. It's an ounce of Malibu rum, one and a half ounces of 151 proof rum, pineapple juice. Uh, oh, coconut. so the coconut comes from the Malibu. So there's no um, coconut milk. There's no coconut juice. You use coconut rum, super strong rum, and pineapple juice. And the note is very strong. Gotcha. <laughs> Don't go in lighthearted with this one. Yes. The only time I've ever had Caribou Lou was on Halloween of 2010. I was dressed as Jesus. I had this friend. Did you ever meet Esther? She was Australian. Uh, oh, I love Esther. Yeah. She was, uh, she's friends with uh, a really good friend of mine. Yeah, she, um... I actually, I had ice cream with Esther's parents once. It was a delight. <laughs> really? Her parents came? She's Australian. Yes, it was a delight. We went to Two Scoops in Charlotte. Oh, my God. Wow. How? Well, you guys were that close? Gotcha, I do gotcha, things. Gotcha. I do things. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. But anyway, so she made me a, a costume of Jesus to be bro Jesus for Halloween. So I had... Like I got this fabric from motherfucking like Michaels and sh- I gave her the raw fabric and this idea, like I'm going to be a Jesus Christ for Halloween. And uh, so I wore the Jesus outfit. I had, I had this dope, like long, um, what, what's, it's not called a robe. What's a robe for the head, a wig. And oh. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking you were talking about like a burqa or like a, well, what, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the, um, the, Hijab? the Jewish one as well. They have one as Yarmulke? well that's called well, no, no, it's it's like a hijab, but it's like the the Israeli version of a hijab. Yeah, I meant I meant wig, and so wig. and then on top of it, <laughs> I had like I had white sunglasses, like I was on the Jersey Shore, and then I just say shit like, "Oh, salvation's the illest, bro." But anyway, we made caribou Lou that night, and I did not even leave my own house to go to the party. That's how effed up I got on that stuff. Was this when you lived at the Brick House in Rock Hill? No, no. I, I didn't live at the Brick House. Uh, I, I was at... Oh, okay. No. I, I was at um, the Double Wide. Oh, I forgot about that. When, when Greg was at his uh, trashy best when he lived in a Double Wide trailer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was... I just need to make it clear. It was not an actual Double Wide, but it was a house that had been just kind of plopped in the middle of an apartment complex parking lot. I need to point make that part clear. Uh, so that's my only experience with Caribou Lou. <laughs> um, uh, you you were um, roommates with Turk at the time, right? Yes, sir. Me, Turk, and uh, Chris Johnson. I remember going to that double wide, and Turk's mom and dad were there, and they made some sort of like meaty queso dip. And, oh. um, and I was – I didn't leave the kitchen. I just stood <laughs> over the pot and just like – she's still in the middle of making it. I'm just using tortilla chips and just <laughs> – that's really good. So you can, I'll serve it in a few minutes. No, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't they don't need to know about it. <laughs> Dude, there, there is no better in all of, in all of the animal kingdom. There's no better symbiotic relationship than visiting parents and hungry college kids. Like yep. those fucking, you know, those, um, those bugs that are on a, the back of a cow in Africa, like oh, a yeah. water buffalo, they don't have shit. You know, they're eating the birds that are eating the bugs on the back of a water buffalo, whatever, fuck those guys. Uh, a, a parent who wants to provide food for a bunch of hungry college kids, that's like the best scenario in all of the animal kingdom. So for it to be symbiotic, the college kids have to be beneficial to the parents as well. 
Yes. And they do that by alleviating their empty nest syndrome. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like yeah. they kind of give them the feeling of love again. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Exactly. They lost love after all these years. And now John's in here eating my queso dip. <laughs> they have to, they've been trying to avoid the fact that they don't like or care about each other anymore or that there's nothing interesting about their relationship anymore. So they try to fill that hole with um, their friend, their son's friends or their daughter's I, friends. I'll try to fill that hole with one of my friends. <laughs> Wait, why am I allowing one of my friends to get in? I want to be... Oh, all right. <laughs> the way that joke John, went did not make me the winner in the end. That's right. Like, sometimes you just got... If you find a seam, you just have to run through it, even if it's in the wrong direction. I'll run through that seam. There, I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> I'm back in. Okay. <laughs> Can we just do this the rest of the time? I'll do this the rest of the time. <laughs> Um, can I, can I real quick go back to something that I wanted to ask you about? Um, about sure. Why not? Okay, gotcha. My favorite kind of ruins the flow we had. We had a really good flow. I know, I I know, but good flow. (laughs) I don't know why it's making me. It's just kind of tickling me in just the right way. You're tickling me in just the right way. Okay. <laughs> I like how I did it myself and it still worked. I like how I yep. did it myself and it still worked. <laughs> okay, so we have two okay. new podcasts. We have to make the podcast, <laughs> and then we have to do we have to we have to figure out a name for this because this is pure comedy gold that no one's ever done before. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. You know, part of our charm is exactly that, that we just kind of go off the rails. Like our last episode with Chrissy and Lauren was probably our most popular episode ever. And one of our most fascinating episodes ever. And it was an absolute train wreck. Uh, (laughs) Good God. (laughs) That's what made it so interesting. And like, that's the charm of the podcast is that like we, uh, it's like watching a house light on fire. If we actually start trying, does that ruin the actual, the, part of our podcast so i don't think we can be too um we can't be tryhards uh like if we're like everybody go to our youtube page like we got to make sure we do this make sure everyone follows us here like when you watch a youtube video and there's two minutes at the end of them purely talking about like ad subscription and like click here and make sure you click on this button if you like what you see click down here we have to avoid all that but also yeah. in post-production can you put our links right in those spots Greg? So yes that they can click there all right um we have to avoid all that but i think if we just do what we're doing now but on the back end try for more marketing like not don't let the people know that we're doing it um but sub- subversive marketing is that what that's called sure it's like, um, it's like, uh, no, no, it's, um, oh my God. Then what's the name of when you try to like, when you trick people through like really quick snippets, um, oh fuck. Subliminal messaging, subliminal messaging. Yes. We're going to be doing subliminal messaging for, you know, advertisements like Sundrop. It's delicious, but I'm just going to drink my pina colada instead. I don't need anything else. Um, but make sure you get a Sundrop at the end of the day. Sundrop. So I see what you're saying. We just keep the content the same and we keep doing the same thing. It's just how we get it to people that will change. It means that we each do one hour of work on this podcast each week and not like the current amount that we do zero hours of work on this podcast each week. 
that's not true. I'd say we each do 15 minutes. I mean, well, I can only speak for myself. You probably do more because you have to actually kind of like fix things in the actual audio. Well, that's actually the beauty of it. In my previous podcast, uh, Sports and Scotch, click here for the Sports and Scotch link <laughs> and click here for the Prospects Worldwide link. Um, <laughs> in those podcasts, I would have to really edit down a lot of garble. Um, it's like we would, re- for the Sports and Scotch, for instance, we would record for three hours. And only really get an hour and a half out of it. Because it what? was just, it was it was bad. It was very poorly put together. What the, the concept of that was, we would get rip-roaring drunk. Uh-huh. Uh, like throughout the day on a Saturday, we would start early and then just push through. And then once we hit the point that we're like, yep, we would press record and start this loosely framed sports podcast. Where it was mm. past, present, future. So past, we would talk about some story of sports past, like um, Disco Night in Cleveland, or oh, yeah. uh, the, a 10-cent beer night, or uh, Bill Veck, the owner of the Chicago White Sox. And just we, that, Those were all baseball themed, but we did others. Um, we would do a present, which would be you know something happening in current events, whether it be NFL draft around the corner, or talking about college basketball tournament. And then we would do a future. And the future was typically a... Uh, prospects laden one or like high school high school sports college sports something like that where it's like these are our future stars good idea for a podcast but way too long and we were all super drunk so that way too long was expanded another hour and a half Um, because of just you know how we go on tangents and it's we were able to kind of get back or at least we're able to utilize those tangents to just lead our conversation yeah. What we were doing with Sports and Scotch was trying to get back to the plot and constantly veering off and then coming back, veering off, coming back. So I would delete swaths of audio, like <sighs> 35 minutes of just garble. I would just delete and bring it back. With here, with us, I don't have to do that. It's just everything is gold. Even the silence is 20 seconds of golden silence. Yeah, that our whole podcast is garble in that context. Mm-hmm. There is no the fact that we don't if we prepared ahead of time. If we said, okay, the first ten minutes is going to be talking about this, then we're going to veer into this, and here's my transition sentence from this to this. It would be too rigid. It would be too structured, and I would feel obligated to edit the parts that weren't, you know, important. Right, the parts that didn't lead to the things like, oh, this is the schedule for the podcast. Because we did try that a few times, and it always felt like, oh, man, like, uh, what's what I have here on my notes? Uh, yeah. You know, I jerked off on an old guy in public today, and then you're yeah. just like, boring. Yeah, I mean, if you want, if, it's not what our listeners want, but if, if you want, we can talk about that you jerked off on an old guy in public. Our listeners are classier than that, but if you want to go into that, tell me about the old man in Austin. I'm assuming he's an old man. Old guy could be a woman. Yeah, it's kind of a gender neutral uh, phrase. But yeah, were I, they I aware? <laughs> man, I think that if I was to have sex in public, I think that I would probably do it. Because um, that's hard. Because I, I want to think about a place where here's some factors you have to consider: is you don't want to be seen by any youths. That's the problem. Sure. And two, you want the risk of being seen without actually having a high chance of being seen. Sure. So you kind of want the illusion of being caught without all of the risk, but still some of it. And then an easy place to get to. Yeah. 
so I had this experience um, behind the dugout of a baseball field, like a high school baseball field, like a very much like American Legion field, um, kind of tucked away on a dirt road, and it was still in a car. So it was in public, but not really in public. The car was a lot of it. Um, very private. It seemed like it was going to be a safe spot <clears throat> until we realized, um, I don't know, I, I want to say 15 minutes in. It was 12 seconds in, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. This was also a disc golf course, and <laughs> about about eight just 30-year-old dudes are just trouncing by and like looking in the car. What's going on in there? Um, oh, please move along. <laughs> please, Wait. please, God, move along. I know you're teasing, but were, did they actually start like peering into the car? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> there's a car parked where a car is not supposed to be parked behind a dugout of the baseball field. And behind, right next to the baseball field, is a disc golf uh, course. Yeah, like so it was a dirt trail. Uh, well, not a dirt trail, but a gravel driveway leading up to the baseball field. And uh-huh. we were at the edge of the gravel driveway, kind of took a left to go to the the dugout. And then on that back end was the disc golf. Well, we didn't realize disc golf. We believe it started before it. And we, uh-huh. this was all just one big disc golf course. <laughs> so this this was not like hole one. This is probably like hole eight. They've been out there for a couple hours. And just, this is now the baseball hole. And um, <laughs> what this car is not usually here. Yeah. You're like, come on, baby. How many inches is my cock? And she's like, Four. All right, Brian, uh, insert uh, laughter here uh, in post-production. Just insert some laughs, like audience laughter a lot. Not just me, a lot of laughter. Fuck yeah, dude. You got it, Brian. So what, what was the look on their faces after they peered into your uh, vehicle? Actually, ma- mature enough to walk away and not be weird. Like, they all, like, the, the few of them, I don't, it was, I think it was you know, seven or eight guys, maybe two or three looked in, because they're like, what's going on? And then, um... Like very immediately, like realizing they they were embarrassed and they kind of like shimmied off. So. <laughs> I think it, everybody's perspective on that is pretty funny because, like, even okay, you and this guy that you were banging, um, but you and this woman that you're we're, having, we're, uh, we're gonna we're gonna call him Harold just for the sake of the story. Harold, you and this uh, woman that you're having consensual sex sex with in this car. I imagine that being scary and also funny from your perspective. A bunch of d- eight disc golfers is the most amount of guys together you could have in the least intimidating type of group possible. It's <laughs> very true. <laughs> and so them peering in just seems humorous to me. They got they're like they're looking in, which is hilarious. And just you, I just imagine cheesing it up for them. <laughs> the guys who actually looked in. They get the humorous experience of here's a random car I just looked inside and there's two kids banging in it. <laughs> and then the guys who did not experience get the humorous experience of the guys who did see it telling them about it. And then you have the experience of seeing it happen. Everybody wins. And just by the numbers. So let's call it eight guys. Let's say three looked in. All right. That means five were without a story to tell. They had to rely on one of the stories. How many of those five were like, oh, I want to see and like oh. they didn't co- they didn't turn around and go back but how many of them were like oh do 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 you think we should oh, four of the five like four four out of five i was going to say four three but five. i think i think there's a fourth one that would be like oh duh. maybe it's five out of five cuz i can't even imagine how somebody would pretend not to be interested in that 
So, okay, I think there is a fifth person. I think that the, the, there is one singular person who's like, come on, guys, grow up. Like, uh, obviously, true. like, they're embarrassed. Like, don't go back. There is that person. But that person doesn't exist five out of five. That, is that a guy's a fucking chance. pervert. Somebody who's like, oh, come on, don't bother them. That guy's secretly, he's like, come on, don't bother them. By the way, guys, I got to take a leak. And he's, like, jerking off in the truck. <laughs> back, you know? Fuck that guy, dude. If you can't watch people having sex in public, if you're going to pretend – to not be interested in watching people have sex in public, you're a fucking pervert. So, wow. I've never thought about that before. If you <clears throat> can't if you can't actively stare at someone having sex, you are a pervert. It's the exact same as tracks. like a, a a southern republican being so anti-gay. It's only because they love sucking dick so much. Lindsey Graham? Are we talking about yeah. Lindsey Graham here? Sure. Uh, Late Lady G, I believe, is his colloquial name in Washington D.C. Lady G. We need to have Elijah on. Elijah, uh, our our former fraternity brother, still current fraternity brother, could tell us all about the uh, the interworkings of of the. Uh... I, you know what? So Elijah, for those of you who don't know, because most of you have never heard of this person before, after he graduated from college, he was the, I want to say, he was personal aide or some sort of assistant or on the staff of a prominent senator in dc uh in 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 southern states of in dc and uh i'm sure he had to sign some sort of nda of just like never releasing anything he ever saw because if you're the personal aide if you're on staff of all that he saw some shit for sure having elijah on the podcast actually is would be a great idea because (laughs) because he is a lot like us and also nothing like us all at once. Like uh, he's he's down to just uh, talk bullshit. No. But he's like a former military guy. And he's probably, I mean, at this point, he's got to be like, what, like 47 years old or something? Like 74. I mean, hey, just reverse the numbers you said. <laughs> when we were when we were in college, he was like almost 30. I remember <laughs> it was just like he was just in school at the same time with us because he was like killing people in Iraq or whatever. Uh, yeah, and that, that is how time works. When we were in college, he was 30. 10 years have passed, therefore he is 50. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Um, oh, dude, that reminds me of something cool I kind of want to tell you. Ooh, and also I want I want to tell you something cool, and then I want to – I'll stop prefacing things. Um, <laughs> just, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I got selected as a, a top uh, 40 under 40 alumnus from my alma mater, not Winthrop where we went, but Old Dominion University. I actually saw this and I was going to bring this up because I didn't see the full list of 40 under 40, but I did see you were on the same list as Justin Verlander. Yes, <laughs> me, Justin Verlander, uh, Taylor Heineke, who's like a you know backup yeah, quarterback, quarterback in yeah. the NFL, and then uh, Kent Bazemore, who's a successful NBA basketball player. Yeah, shooting guard for the Hawks. He was for the Hawks. I don't know if he's in the Hawks still. War, he's in the Warriors now. Yeah, He's in the Warriors now. So Justin Verlander, future Hall of Famer, um, one of the greatest pitchers of our generation, if not the greatest pitcher of our generation. Um, you were on the same accomplished list as him from your university. Yeah. And that's, it's not a small university. It's like a 25,000 student school. That's fantastic. I, the, <laughs> my biggest claim to fame at Winthrop, where we, where we graduated before you went to ODU, was um, a brick on campus. I have a single brick on campus. I didn't know that's that. That's all I've got. 
You know what's funny is I feel like you've told me every you've probably told me that a half dozen times, and every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that, because I keep forgetting about it. But now I'm starting; it's all like coming back to me. Well, so I didn't actually graduate from Winthrop because I I transferred and graduated from another school. Uh, I keep saying I graduated to, just because it it eases the story along. Um, but I didn't graduate from Winthrop, and then. Maybe five years ago, six years ago, they called me and they said, hey, we're looking for donations. Would you like to donate? I was like, no, I wouldn't want to donate. They're like, well, we see here you graduated in 2007. So, um, for, or 2011, I guess it was. Oh, you, know, gotcha. we gra- you graduated in 2011. So, in honor of that, for $11 a month, for whatever it was, six months or something like that, um, you could have a brick on campus. I was like, I graduated in 2011? They're like, yeah, yeah, you graduated in 2011. I was like, deal. <laughs> so for sixty-six dollars, I, I have the influence of the person that graduated from that school. That is pretty damn cool, dude. I like that. So my brick, I even spat in their face a little bit on my brick. It says uh, John Giles, class of twenty eleven? Question mark. Nah, he split. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect, dude. That's so everything about that is you, and I love it. That's. I love that so much. And so for this uh, this award with Justin Verlander, <laughs> I'll be going up to the school to be honored uh, in homecoming in September. I'm very excited. Will, will, I mean, do you assume the other people will be there as well? Will all 40 be there? I doubt it. Like, for example, a couple of those guys will still be playing their professional sports season. It's not all athletes, but those are the only ones that I knew. Uh, I expect it. A lot of them. If Verlander's like on the DL at the time, I mean, he's in it. He's probably what, four, like, he's got to be like 38, 39 at this point. He's 38, yeah. He's 38. So if he yep. throws out his arm and he's on the DL, he's got some time to, to spill. He's going to go to ODU. He, he's going to hang out with you. And I need you to ask him what he thinks about Clubby and then hand him <laughs> a free copy. Can you please read my book? Fuck yeah, dude. Because then I we could it. have Justin Verlander on the podcast. <laughs> And it would be the second most successful podcast behind Chrissy and, and Lauren's podcast. Of course. Mm. Um, so that, that'll be exciting. I'll find out more details as we go along here. And then, huh, okay, I'm just going to show you. I'm just going to pull it up on uh, – actually, no, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'm going to share my screen, and I'm about to show you something because we've – Recently talked about me thinking about getting a dog. And you save your screenshots to your desktop. And I think that's the act of a serial killer. <laughs> what is Tinder fish guy? What You need to figure out what you're doing on your computer before you pull up a screen share. <laughs> Tinder fish guy is for the, um, the uh, thumbnail for our last episode. Uh, um, <laughs> so Instagram... And so, by the way, speaking of the last episode, today's episode is brought to you by Keepers or Creepers, brand new podcast brought to you by Chrissy Gosweiler and Lauren Lady Sugar Sugar. <laughs> Keepers or Creeper available soon anywhere you get your podcasts. I love it. We're not going to tell them what it's about. We're just going to say the name. Keepers or Creepers. I think you can figure it out. Keep. It's like um, I know it's Keepers or Creepers. But what if it was just keepers are creepers? How cool would that be? You just Creeper. drop the O. Yeah. Okay. There's Jimmy Fallon. That's right. How did he get so, so famous, by the way? 
he's adequate. He must be one of those guys who like um, he diddled the kid, and then the powers that be can hold it over the, his head, and then they they can just get him to do whatever they want. Uh, mm. Anyway, Wait. okay, so here, yep. No, I'm just. Yeah. I see you and a dog now. I'm very excited about this. I know. So in the I should have episode, said wait. I should have said go, but instead I made you pause even longer. <laughs> no. So here's the situation: is that before we were talking about Walter, this dog at the Austin Pets Alive, who was about two and a half years old, who had some strange behavioral. Um, he, he was a very shy dog, and when I talked to the foster parents, they said that he had some behavioral issues, like territorial around food, all this kind of stuff. Plus, he looked like he would shed a lot. Here's. And then here's what happened in the 11th hour. My my brother and his family have a uh, multi-poodle, a multi-poodle mix that they had a breeder fucking knock up their poodle and they had five puppies. All five puppies were sold within the last w- – within like 24 hours of them putting them up for adoption. One of the buyers backed out at the last minute and they asked me – they're like, Greg, you're looking for a dog. What do you think of this one? And this is the dog. That's an adorable dog. What type of dog? Oh my goodness. I want my dog to to make out with that dog. Yes. So the type is, you know, the, the one dog, my brother's dog is a multi-poodle. And the other dog is like two small breeds mixed. It's like a, yeah. a sh- not a sh- maybe a Shih Tzu and a Chihuahua. So it's like a bunch of different small dogs. Well, you can tell by the by the paws, it's never going to get too big. Those paws are like, it might get, you know, fifty percent bigger, but that's about it, it. Exactly. Like they're they're all very tiny dogs, and they said that this one is hypo that they're hypoallergenic, so they don't shed a lot. Um, plus, and this one is, is really ch- there right now. It's Bailey as long as they have it. But if I adopt this dog, I'm going to name her Penguin. Can we name it, uh, can we name her, I apologize, uh, Danny DeVito? <laughs> we could, that'd be pretty funny. Um, but you can see she looks, she's got like the, she's got this black fur, but she has these brown spots kind of around her eyes, and she has a super sad look on her face. And she's got brown on her chest and on some of her arms. Um, yeah, That's she's an a adorable cutie. dog. And she's a, she's a new pup, right? Brand new? Yeah, she's barely uh, five weeks old. Okay. And they're already set, like selling the dogs. Like, I thought you had to wait eight weeks to get a dog. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're already sold, but they're still taking care of the ah, dogs okay. until they're able to get rid of them. Yeah, I'm pretty the, sure you're not supposed to take the dog away from its mother for eight weeks. That's yep. a fantastic dog, though, man. So you're, are you ready for it? Are you ready? You've got, you've got your, your – Finances set up. You've got your space in the corner for a crate. You've mapped. You've mapped out the best avenue to go take a poop. Yeah, that's the thing. Is as I've thought about it, because I've been going through the mental practice. It's like the first time I ever had sex. I was a late bloomer. I didn't lose my virginity until I was twenty-two. Um, car behind a baseball field with a bunch of a bunch of discoys. Disc boys. <laughs> disc boys, dude. <laughs> Disc Boys is the best name for a bunch of fucking disc golfers. But I've been preparing for it mentally so much that when now that the opportunity is here, I feel like I've already been here before. Sure. Um, so I have a spot where I put the crates. The, the pee and poop place is just right outside my door. 
And the biggest thing, I mean, I do all of my work from inside the house. The only thing that I can possibly think of where it could even maybe even be a problem would be like during an interview or something. But I just hold the puppy here during an interview. I think everybody would love that. Yeah. It, it, is, I mean, when it was holding you, was it fidgety or was it just pretty calm? That Okay. That's what I, I haven't connected with any of these puppies. Like my brother's house, I go there all the time and these puppies just sit there and they kind of yelp. I, they're interesting to me, but they're like one big unit. They didn't mean anything to me individually. And once they yeah. said, this is the one that I would potentially have, I picked her up and I just like, my brother walked in on me and it was pretty creepy once I saw it from his perspective, but I was just staring at his face for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, he walked in and was like, huh? And I was like, oh, right. This is weird. But once I connected with this dog for a second, at first I could feel her heart beating out of her chest mm-hmm. and she's squirming. But like, once we connected, she just sat there calmly, like as calm as she Good. looks in that picture that I showed you was generally how calm she was obviously every puppy has a limit but um and then she did a few like paw waves at me almost like a a preemptive shake once i set her down so there's a i feel a certain kind of connection with her now that makes me i feel like i'd be a good dog parent i think you would i think and you have the fact that you work from home the hardest part about getting a new dog is that first couple weeks of like leaving her and not knowing what she's going to do to the house and like if she's going to be okay what if she gets sick what if she has to go to the bathroom what if she has you know a bad accident in the crate and then eats it so many dogs eat it where it's just like Mm. you being there can take care of all those worries just by like being in the same room yeah i mean how do you handle stuff like that as far as uh, what training advice do you have for me as a new new owner potentially Ooh, um, well, honestly, a lot of it is like that connection that you have to make. Like you have to, you have to know that the dog trusts you, you trust you and you have to trust the dog where like, um, a lot of times I'll let captain kind of roam free in the yard, like with no leash and just kind of like let him do his own thing. Cause I trust him not to leave the moment he gets too close. I'll give him a little egg pressure. No, okay. And he runs and he knows, okay, well now that's the boundary. And like trust is the biggest thing when it comes to a dog. So like you have to, you have to make that, co- that connection. You have to make sure that that dog like understands what you want. Cause a lot of it mm-hmm. is like, if you aren't using your commands properly, if you aren't, if you're just expecting the dog to know something, it's never going to know it. But like, yeah. if you take the time to like, figure out the best way to communicate with the dog to let that dog know this is what you want. Like it's a, it's a slam dunk. It's it's, I know that's really esoteric and really hard to understand without a dog. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, but it's, you kind of get it in the moment. Like you're like, no, no, he knows what I mean when I do this. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. he's doing it. Um, just because like in time, certain things start to mean certain things to dogs. And as long as you can build that trust and build that type of thing and you can train a dog to do anything. Yeah. That's the thing I've been thinking a lot about or fantasizing a lot about is like, wow, imagine if I can train her to first feel comfortable on the paddleboard and then train her to uh, be able to swim around it and stuff. I'd get a life jacket for her once she's big enough, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then what if I can train her to be on the shore and to jump onto the paddleboard or like to jump onto me from the shore. I think about all that training stuff. Cause I just, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot of them you can do. I mean, obviously there's, so we have a, a collar for, for our dog 
and it has mm -hmm. like a shock function, but it also has a vibrate a vibrate function. And we use the Kinky. vibrate a lot more because I bet you do use is... the vibrate a lot more. What? I said I bet you do. Yeah, oh yeah, we we love the vibrate function. Um, no, it just it's more. Um, it gets his attention more. The shock is the like if he if he does something really bad, and it, we have to do like the like uh, what's it called the wrath of God of just like hit him with the shock button and be like he'll never do that again. But for just like you're poking in some bushes you shouldn't poke in, and we say come, and he doesn't come when we say come, hit him with a vibrate, and he's oh yeah I'm coming I'm coming. Um, that type of thing is always always a good training method, but I think reward training is even better. Just get little treats and just like have him do something and like don't change your command. If you're saying sit, sit, and then wait for him to sit. And then the moment he sits, treat. So it's like, oh, oh, I get it. And then do it again. And this, get him to stand up and then do say sit again. And the moment he sits, treat. And then he starts realizing, or she starts realizing, oh, when I do this motion, I get a treat. And like, it's so much easier than any sort of like negative training. Yeah. I mean, for you the treat. You have to be good on timing though. It is exactly when it happens. Like sit, boom. That's what did it. That's what triggered this treat. For sure. It's got to be a, a kind of treat that she really likes too. So I'll have yeah. to like, I'll have to hang on to her old poops. If she likes eating her own poop, I'll have to give that to her. <laughs> that's a treat. <laughs> Actually, when it comes to poop, I find it easier to, to mom and bird it. If you just kind of chew it up a little bit ahead of time and just kind of <laughs> spit it into her mouth, um, I, I like that. There's something really sweet um, and uh, fragrant about puppy poop that's a comforting kind of poop smell. Ooh. So <laughs> it, it goes away when they're a big dog. Yeah. When they're a big dog, those, some of those, you pick them up. Because, you know, you get the little poop bags when you go on walks and you throw them in whatever the neighbor's trash can because you don't want to deal with it. Yep. Before you tie that bad boy up when it's just open to the world, few things fouler. Few things fouler than the smell of that poop. Hell yeah, dude. Oh. There's something there's something fun about thinking about raising a dog from the outset rather than getting some abused dog from the shelter too. Like and, I'm going mean, to completely 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 control this dog. Yeah. That is at, from the get-go, every bit of training, there are no negative, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no negative reinforcements or, or something that have. what's a pre-ramification? Something that happened before you got there. Um, I don't know. But no, nothing negative happening prior to you. You were the only one giving commands. She, know, she knows no other commands. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty idyllic. I love it, dude. I, I right now percentage wise, I think I'm at a ninety two percent certainty that I'm going to tell them this. In what's, fact, this week. What's the eight percent? Like, I, all right. So my sleuth work, my detective work says yep. you saw that dog this morning. Oh no, no! I've seen this, this dog for since it was born. That picture you took was this morning. Uh, it was yesterday, but yeah. You're wearing the same hoodie that you wore yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was there for the weekend. I'm chilling, bro. Um, okay, so why not say it today? Why not just turn around? And be like, what's stopping you? What 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 is that 8%? The 8% is exactly the impulse. I want to make sure that it's not an impulse puppy choice. I want to give myself until Thursday 
it's probably going to be more like Tuesday, but I just want to give myself a couple of days to make sure that it's not just like, Ooh, I, I, there's a new puppy that I might get. And I'm just going to say yes, because of the high emotional state that I'm in. What if I can commit to you right now that I will help raise you as the co-host of don't shoot the gingers. I will help raise this dog. <laughs> in fact, in fact I'll go up. as far, I'll go as far as to get this dog a webcam. So this dog can be a third guest on don't shoot the ginger's. <laughs> That seems like a dubious proposal, but I got to say, yes, it's, it's an offer too good to refuse. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian, in post-production, um, the Queen song, We Are the Champions, if you could just input We Are the Champions by Queen right here in this moment. Dude, just imagine next week's episode, uh, me having a little puppy with me. Just imagine two weeks from now when we have a producer named Brian... <laughs> that's the thing is that when we do get when we get big enough to warrant actually getting a producer uh we can only hire somebody named brian yeah that'll well, help us what about, it down what about bryant and all we do is go back and t- we just go back to all these uh, podcasts that we mentioned brian and then we just add in the, the audio of t- and we just add in that t- at the end of every time i say brian t- Okay, I'm going to do you, you did me one better. I'm going to do you one even better is that we hire somebody named Bryant and we just continue to call him Brian. <laughs> Done. All right, uh, I, I know what Bryant, I'm calling him and he will be our new producer. No clue if he's good at audio. I'm pretty sure he's good at like being a jail warden. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, I know that Bryant. Dude, having that Bryant on this on this show would be pretty fun. We have a lot of a lot of guests coming up soon. We've got Elijah. We've got Brian. And who else did we mention? We mentioned someone Jordan. else. Yeah. Jordan Chaney. Uh, I, I still think Johnny Hartnett would be a fantastic guest on this podcast. Oh, yeah. we got to contact him to do that. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing is that like doing the guest episodes is really fun. But there's something um, – this is going to sound really cute. But th- there's something very comforting about coming back and knowing that it's just the two of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just me and you cuddling yeah. together. Um, when we cuddle, are you an inside spoon or an outside spoon? I want, I want each of us to guess the other one first and then we'll tell each other. Uh, I'll guess for you first, if that's all right. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll guess percentages. Cause you know, it's, it's never a hundred percent either yeah, way. Sure, yeah. Okay. Percentage wise, I'm going to say your big spoon set. Uh, I'm going to say your big spoon 85% of the time. I so my guess to you was virtually the same. I had in my mind big spoon eighty percent of the time. <laughs> uh, for me, I would I would say that it's big spoon ninety. I'd say it's big spoon ninety percent of the time. Okay, so one out of ten, you turn the other cheek. For, for mm, me, yeah, I guess yeah. I I th- I think I am a, maybe less than eighty. There's something like as much as I am the protector and I and I and I like to be the big and I and hold on. Um, there's something nice about just facing the other direction and then like not even expecting it. Just face the other direction and all of a sudden just feeling an arm drape over you. You're like, oh, it's just warm and cuddly. It's nice. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel beloved. Yeah, I love it, man. What percentage would you say if it's below 80? 65-35. Whoa. 65-35. That's pretty cool. 
7525. 7525. She said it's below 80 to 7525. I love that that measured correction. <laughs> That's awesome. I, she knows she knows my cuddling skills. I love it, dude. On that note, let's uh let's close things out. What do you what do you got for us as we close out here? For the record, that 75, you're the little spoon. On oh, we went that far oh, back. Oh my god. Yes. Hold oh on. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay, I'm the little spoon 75% of the time. That is, I didn't know. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Wait, Amelia, I need to know. I know she can't hear me, but is that joking or is that serious? Uh, the, the look on her face says that's serious. There are, there are no jokes in her eyes right now. There are daggers. I want you to consider this morning when you and Captain were cuddling, where you wanted me to cuddle. It was not in front of you. Yeah, that's fair. It was on the backside. That's fair. I do it. I, so I will give her that. My, where I want cuddling to happen. 75-25, me the inside spoon. So, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'm an inside spoon boy. You know how I should have known it? I should have known it because you call it the inside spoon. That's that's a total little spoon move. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> oh, Greg, it's been a good time, man. Um, what, uh, what else do you have on the docket? Do you have any jokes for us today? Do you have anything that you've been working on that you want to share with the world? This, oh my God, this, I guess we just got to kick this one down the line. I could go into a whole story, but I went to my first comedy show since I had COVID and I was like, um, oh my God, I don't want to get into a whole story, but, uh, one of my friends that I used to do sets with before I had COVID, uh, he, he's like, dude, I love following your book. Give me a, bring me a copy and I'll shout it out. I'll promo it at the end of my set. And so I brought a copy and he promoted Clubby on stage at the end of his set in, in front of a sold out crowd. It was pretty fun. I was nice. like, uh, and a couple of comics that I really respect performed and I brought a date there. I was like, you know what? I got to get back on stage. I'm ready. Clubby's been out for two weeks, almost three weeks now. I got to get back on stage. And so I, I just thought of a humorous opening line. Um, okay. it just would start like this. It would go, um, I'm 32. I'm at that weird age where I still have my hair, but I don't really still have my hair. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, man. I'm trying to find... I can see you hunting. Yeah, I'm trying to find the one I found the other day. It's not mine. It's someone I, fa- someone I found. Um, mm, did I save it? I may have saved it. I like it when you describe them to me, like from memory. I think that's probably more fascinating to me than the real thing. Yeah, I barely, I found this like three weeks ago and I Perfect. only really remember like one of the punchline. Please, that's um, even better. Hold on, I have to think about it real quick. Hold on, okay. Yep. Um, no, I can't do it. I can't, I won't do it justice because it's a group of three and I only remember the third. So I'd have huh. to, I'd have to go back and remember one and two. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so no, but I will give a group of three one that I know you've heard before that I that I've just always appreciated. Um, um, so a man is putting his daughter to sleep, and uh, he's just you know singing her lullabies and, and wishing her good wishes, and she says, "Daddy, why did you name me Rose?" And he says, "Well, you were when you were born. Um, we took you outside the hospital." And uh, as soon as we stepped outside, a single rose petal fell from a garden above us and landed on your nose. 
She said, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And then he went to the next daughter and put her to sleep. Um, Daddy, why did you name me Lavender? Well, when you were born. Uh, we took you outside the hospital, and uh, there was a, a beautiful lavender blossom falling from a garden above us. And it just landed right on your nose. Oh, that's beautiful. And then um, he shut the door. And then he went back down the hallway. And then all of a sudden he, he hears from the end of the hall. Ah! He just yells, shut up, cement block. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I got a visual just then of the uh, Simpsons episode where Bart has a half brother who eats fish heads in the uh, attic. I don't. So you know what? I think I may have mentioned this to you before. I never really watched The Simpsons growing up. I was never a Simpsons guy. I think I tried to watch The Simpsons, but when I so I, when I try to watch a show, I watch it from like episode one, season one. Oh, and I yeah. remember watching early Simpsons, thinking like, "Oh, this is rough." And yes. I feel like there has to be a linear point where you're like, "Okay, start watching Simpsons at episode five, you know, season five, episode six. Like anything before that's bad, and I don't know where that point is. So if you can tell me where that point is, yep. I'll start watching The Simpsons. But I started watching early, and I was oh no, that's this is not this is terrible, terrible quality. It's like Rocco's Modern Life quality. Season two, episode one. That's it. the The first season is its own thing. It has heart. It's not very funny, and the animation is shit. But just yes. start at at season two, episode one, and um. And you definitely don't want to go all the way because there's like 30 fucking seasons. Well, that's uh, Amelia's out of town next weekend. Do you think I can get through 30 seasons in a weekend? I wonder how long it would take to watch all of the episodes back to back to back. Keep in mind, I have three TVs and two computers in this house. So I can <laughs> simultaneously watch five episodes. That would be a very funny live stream, dude. I don't know why that... <laughs> That seems like it'd be such a thing to do. And then you do a recap at the end and you're just like, God, I don't Wait, feel like I'm I have two more. cell phones. I have two cell phones. <laughs> so I can watch seven episodes in one time. And an <laughs> iPad. Eight episodes at once. And the thing is you have to watch it at at least at at least twenty five percent volume. Each one. <laughs> you can't just make them quiet and just have it on in the background. You have to yeah. be there. Just kind of, there I, I think technically they all need to be the same volume. Because I can't give yeah, one yeah. more credence than the other. I think they That's all exactly need to right. be at the standard 40, 42% volume okay, across nice. the board. Jackie Robinson, baby. I'm Greg Larson. You can find me at Club... Yeah, what were you going to say? Ah, where, where can I find you? I'm so curious. You can find me at clubbybook.com. That's C-L-U-B-B-I-E-book.com. And that's it. John, where can people find you? Uh, I'm John Giles. You can find me at H-O-T-Y-R-E hotwire.com. And that's, is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, we do care. Actually, you know what? We do care about um, mistakes and we care about problems that we have in this podcast. So anything that you see, anything that you heard that was wrong, if you need to call in and correct something, make sure to go to hotwire.com and send a customer service request to them because they <laughs> yeah. will care about our mistakes. Um, you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at PumaRevive, P-U-M-A-R-E-V-I-V-E-D. And you can find us on Twitter, at GingerDon'tShoot, where we are releasing not as much content as I hope to. I need to really get on Twitter. God, I suck at Twitter so bad. I do, 
I, I look at it and I never retweet. I need to start retweeting more. I need to start coming up with more original content. Greg, you are the funny one of the group. You need to come up with original content. Send it to me so it looks like I am coming up with original content. <laughs> well, it's a team effort. We actually, the more we vibe, the funnier we make each other. Yeah. So in days like today that we don't vibe at all, we just aren't funny. I, I got to be honest, dude. I mean, once again, peeling back the curtain, but I feel like this this is just like one of those, like, it's a solid fastball down the middle episode. <laughs> it's not going to make the best of list, but it's like, you know what? This is really solid. Yeah. No, this, I, I, I do, I don't think I have a specific title for our episode quite yet. Um, could be smelly dog poops. Could be baseball dugout, car sex. I don't know how we're going to word that into a, a title. Um, could be, could be something we haven't said yet. Wait. Okay, anyway, uh, this has been episode 74 of Don't Shoot the Gingers. Thanks for watching, and bye. I think that's the title. <laughs>